That's how you build rivalries, and that's how you build atmosphere. Edwards, three-pointer, it's good! This team is right there with anybody else in, in the country. They are clicking on kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year. Perry for the lead. Oh! He did it again. How is this a personnel issue? Ish? I think I really think it's just a, a player fit. Like I I think, and it again, is. this is this is partially his fault, right? These are his transfers yes. that he brought in, right? But I'm still saying I think this is just a whiff. I think this is just a whiff on you his part. You can't, you can't, it, you cannot whiff with this much talent. And I love Texas Tech. This is home. And I get to stay home. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Zone Star State Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson. Ish. How is your Friday going? You feeling good? Ready for the weekend? Feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good. Uh, we had a pretty interesting night of basketball, I'd say, Thursday night. Um, we were kind of texting about uh, one team in particular, and that was one of my one of the big nights that I've had so far this year where I just kind of scanned a bunch of games mm-hmm. um, just to kind of get a, a look on some some teams that I hadn't seen a lot of this year. So, yeah, it was pretty, pretty good, and I'm kind of ready for the weekend now, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, one team that we don't have in our rundown, uh, but North Texas and UTSA played on ESPNU. Yeah, which was the most random ESPNU game I could think <laughs> about. Um, North Texas did not look good once again. Uh, only beat UTSA, I think, by three or four, right. whatever it was. Um, a little con- so uh, the concern is continuing to grow, but hey, sure. whatever, get the win and, and get out of get out of town. Tyler Perry is. Man, he might win conference player of the year at this point, but he, he is might. He's been ridiculous so far. Man, he's so good. Um, yeah. I said I wanted him to take 10 threes per game, and he's shooting seven right now, but I want him to just, <laughs> just keep shooting. Just keep shooting. <laughs> Anyways, that was a side tangent, but uh, yeah, that's what I was watching a little bit last night. Um, got a lot to talk about here. Um, let's start with Sam Houston State, who sure. has now become my favorite team in the state I think so. at this point <laughs> that's just we, we were texting about them i said i texted you i said i'm watching sam houston seattle tonight i don't care nothing <laughs> else i'm putting everything away I'm watching mm-hmm. sam houston seattle i watched the first half and then out in the second half i moved away because it was a blowout and these yeah. guys just man they put it on seattle seattle entered the game seven and zero. um sam houston entered the game five and three in conference this game was in huntsville and sam mm-hmm. houston state flat out takes care of business Puts them away, locks them down, throws away the key, fifty-five to forty, beats Seattle and improves to six and three in conference and makes a statement. Yeah, I mean, when you told me you were watching this game, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of interested. And then I, I didn't realize that Sam was or uh, that Seattle was unbeaten heading into the game. So I was like, okay, I probably should definitely switch it over. So I decided to switch it over for a little bit because I was watching um, Corpus Christi on the other channel, mm-hmm. or uh, I was watching Corpus Christi uh, on my other on Hulu. And yeah, man, the Sam Houston team, like you, you just texted me. You're like, this team's a bunch of dogs. <laughs> and like, I agree. Like you watch this team, especially in the first half and you, they kind of go, I think we mentioned this a little bit before they go as kind of Quay Grant goes, but I didn't realize how much JV and May plays into that as well. Um, Quay Grant finished with eight rebounds in the first half, which is nuts. By the way, Quay Grant's a point guard. Um, and 
I don't know. Early on in this year, it felt like it was a lot of Quay Grant and not much else in terms of scoring, right? Consistent scoring. It's watching them for that long and dominating that long. It just, it goes to show you like how much, how much he does, but also how much this team just is well-rounded, right? Quay Grant had two points. And he had 14 rebounds. Right? Yes. Like, this one of the craziest. And nine assists. Nine assists. I mean, like, again, one of the craziest stat lines you're ever going to see for a point guard. And it's not like he, he didn't shoot. He shot. He was one of eight. So it's not like he wasn't trying to shoot. But, like, but you just saw him try to impact the game in so many different ways. JV and May finished with seven rebounds, no points, right? So, like, their backcourt had – uh, had 15 points total, and Gray and Javian May scored like two, scored two of them combined. Yeah, so it was awesome. Um, they were just so much more physical than Seattle. Seattle was not ready for their physicality. They crushed them on the boards. They got to the or actually they didn't get to the line that much. Seattle got to the line because that was kind of the only way they were generating points. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like this team was just like it, it looked like Seattle wasn't ready for this type of game from sam houston which is you know they're going to hit the floor they're going to try to force turnovers which they've done all year and they're going to shoot some they're going to put up shots and they put up some threes they didn't have the best shooting night from three but they still shot effectively um i think if you're sam houston that's probably where you're that's probably where you're looking at this is like your your the the your favorite part of the win is that you didn't have like this team's a really good team from three and they didn't really shoot that much from three. And you had a bad game from Quay Grant scoring and you still blew out the best team in this conference by 15. Yeah. I mean, they hold Seattle to five of 27 from three and four of 23 from two. Yeah. Like the, the just, that just doesn't, it just doesn't compute. It doesn't happen. 55 I mean, to watch... 40. Like that is an, that is an insane yeah, score just like we... in general. Like we watched North Texas, we've we've watched you know Texas State in the past mm-hmm. couple. Of, we've watched a lot of great defensive teams, Houston, Baylor. Um, that was on par defensively with some of the best defense that I've seen in the state over the past two years that we've been doing this podcast. Like Dante Powers and Javian May didn't. Or, I'm sorry, Quay Grant and Javian May did not score the ball a lick. And right. I still text you like these guys are just dogs. Like, right. they're, just, they're just absolutely dogs. They were everywhere it felt like and so uh shout out to them obviously dante powers is the only player i think no he's the only player in the entire game that scored over 10 points scored Mm. 13 and had three went three to three from three so shout out to dante powers for at least scoring but i just i like their balance um you know they they're i mean minutes wise they played was this nine guys double digit minutes i mean Mm -hmm. i felt like they all played a good role tristan ikpe off the bench uh scrogan's off the bench uh, Hefner at um at six seven kind of that forward for them so yeah I just like the balance of this team defensively I love where they're at and they're now thirty first in the country in Kim Palm and defense which is um very 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 impressive so yeah uh, I think uh, I've been trying to look at to see like when's the last time Seattle was held to that low of a point total they've scored forty like in the forties like but it's forty i'm I'm in twenty seventeen right now, and forty no is way. still the lowest that they've held there's since no that way. They've been held since then. <laughs> yeah, there's no way um and the thing is the good thing is, like I said, Sam Houston is six and three at this point, but yeah. they've pretty much gone through the hard part of their schedule. You look mm-hmm. at their upcoming schedule it's r g v u t a Abilene Christian who Abilene Christian has kind of fallen off quite a bit uh u t a again. Tarleton are the next five games like that's five win that's five games they're going to be favored in by you know five or more points 
So I mean, three of those are on, or four of those are on the road, but still, if they come out of that four and one, we're looking at a ten and four Sam Houston team going into the back half of the schedule where they have to play Southern Utah and SFA and Cal Baptist. So they're setting themselves up well. Uh, this was a really good win. I wish they would have got that home win against Grand Canyon uh, that sure. they lost in overtime. But at the end of the day, I mean, I can't ask for anything more from this team. Yeah, I know. This is like we, they kind of you know they started conference a little shaky. Um, I believe they split. They went three and three in their first six games or something like that. And they've gotten back to it, man. You know, they got four and in this stretch wins over SFA and now Seattle who's previously unbeaten, like we said. And I'm trying to think the conference. Now they still project Ken Palm still projects Seattle to come out on top, but now Sam Houston, after being in that stuck in that kind of middle pack, they're kind of punching their way back into that top four or five range. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like you said, easy part of their schedule coming up. They have, a style of play that's kind of that's that's like you mentioned the defense is going to be there and even if you don't have the out the scoring outputs that you maybe want to see from from Quay Grant and things like that on night on a nightly basis now you know you don't have to get you know 18 points out of him to win a game um he's probably I mean Jesus he probably one of the leaders for player of the year in the WAC in the WAC the whack is so tough because there's so many teams outside of the state that obviously I don't mm-hmm. know enough about to where I'm like, sure, sure. you know, Farrell's AMAC was there last year. It's like, okay. Um, yeah. But you can let me know what if Kim Palm has. Yeah. He's, so he's averaging, he's averaging 13, four, 13 points, four assists, four rebounds a game. Um, I don't know. Let me see. In conference, 14, four, and three, and almost two steals a game. So, like, I don't know. It, it, sure, he might not put up the points to maybe win. Uh, Ken Palm has him as the highest-rated player um, just okay. based off their metrics. But he might not be the highest-scoring player, things like that. I think it's – let me see. It's Justin Johnson right now from uh, RGV. RGV. Um, so he'll be in that he was, conversation. He was, on my, uh, he was on my preseason team when we drafted teams. Yeah, yeah. So he's averaging 21 about that. 20, over 21 points. Um, so, you know, he might, guys like that, Seattle has Cameron Tyson, who's averaging 19. So like, you know, they might be, but in terms of just everything, defense, playmaking, rebounding, like it, I think it's quite grant. It'll be interesting. We'll see how they do, but that was, uh, I wanted to start the podcast with them. Shout out to Sam Houston. Um, yeah, my, my sister and brother went to Sam Houston. So, oh, nice family ties. You had to, you had to break the, you had to break the, the streak there. Yeah, I was like, I'm not going to Huntsville. <laughs> you know, David, fair enough. <laughs> we did so well on this podcast. Just before you, before you slander Froger. Damn it, I broke it. <laughs> Anyways, um, Texas A&M. Speaking of other great places to live, Texas A&M. Um, man, I, I had question marks because I was like, man, all right, they got right. the easy part of their schedule. What are you going to do? You lost to Kentucky. Like, are you going to be able to bounce back? You're going to. Can you beat Auburn, Arkansas? you know, Tennessee, um, they don't play Alabama until the last game of the season. Like, you know, they have a pretty, pretty easy draw. We've talked about it before Tennessee and Alabama only once each, uh, the rest of the conference is up and down, but they played Auburn on the road and I watched Auburn play LSU in person. And I was like, I don't think Auburn's that great, but at the same time, I think they should beat A&M at home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they beat the brakes Texas off Auburn. A&M. <laughs> Texas A&M. Texas A&M puts it on Auburn, was up 45-30 to 30 at halftime, and ends up winning 79-63, mm. to 63, breaking, I believe Auburn had the longest home winning streak in the country coming into this game, and A&M just put it on them. And is Texas A&M now the third best team in the conference at this point? I don't know. That's a big thing. Which is nuts to think about. Like, 
you know, we, we had like a, a, a come to Jesus moment when it came to like Buzz Williams, what he's doing there. And <laughs> I, I don't know, man, like whether, whether it's the schedule or not, you know, I don't know, but they're taking advantage of it in a way that I wasn't sure that they could. Um, yeah. Of course they, you know, they lost to, that was kind of a disappointing loss to Kentucky because we talked about Kentucky kind of uh, being on a schneid, but they've, they've, they've looked to turn it around a little bit. They are, they're yeah. on a four game win streak. So maybe it's not as disappointing of a loss. Um, but yeah, now Adam's just stacking up impressive wins. Ken Palm has them as the third best team right now in, in the SEC, which is insane. If you would have told me that a month ago, uh, just uh, behind Tennessee and of course, Alabama. Um, now granted those two are like far and away rated as the best, but regardless, that's a, if you put those two in a different category, right, then you, there's no shame in being the best out of the rest. And so, man, I don't know. Tyrese Radford dropped 30 in that game. Uh, he's been he's been insane. I mean, Wade Taylor has, of course, been their most consistent player probably. I don't know, man. I guess we're, we're probably about to start eating some crow on them too because if they can go into Auburn and just like thoroughly control that, like, I, think, I think Auburn got – I think they were within like four towards the end of the first half and that was it. And then that was like, yeah. they, they took it back out and just blew them back uh, or bl- broke up in the game again. And they were getting inside. They were like getting any look that they wanted. Auburn couldn't take anybody off the dribble. Auburn mm-hmm. couldn't handle anybody off the dribble. And yeah, I mean, and got to the line 20 out of 24 free throws. Uh, they, they beat them on the boards. Yeah. They beat them on the boards too. Like, yeah. I mean, it's, this team's finding its way, man. They're fi- they're be- they're like becoming that team that they were at the end of last year that looked mm-hmm. like they were a snub uh, going into the tournament. Which is just it, – it makes it so weird, the non-conference. Like I – well, pull the clip. Pull the clip. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, we were like, talking about how this team is not good or at least like definitely just does not belong in the conversation like in terms of SEC contenders. They lost to Colorado. They got blown up by Colorado. Yeah, and lose the Wofford at home, like yeah, lose to Murray like, State, like, Boise State, like, and and that that was the whole that, our whole thing was that this is the same team from last year. Obviously, a, a little change, but pretty much the same team as last year. Yep, this should, you should have, if anything, gone off to a good start and then maybe faded down the stretch, something like that. Instead, they have completely just repeated what they were last year, except last year. Um, in conference, they had the long losing streak where they lost like seven or eight in a row. I was about and then, to tell you, they, 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 it, was like a, it was a late turnaround for them. Yeah, it was a late turnaround. So now they have seemingly figured it out. I mean, the craziest thing is they're like, yeah, okay, let's say Tyrese Rafford and Way Taylor are their best two players. Cool. They don't look like they're not a huge team. Like when I watch Arkansas, they're a huge team. I think Florida is a pretty big team with Fudge and Castleton. Like I, I've watched a lot of SEC basketball. They're not one of the biggest teams, yeah. or tallest teams in the conference, and yet they are up there in uh, two point percentage. They're second in two point percentage. They're second in offensive rebounding percentage. Like they're they play a lot bigger and more physical, and that's what we were hoping. Way um, Buzz Williams would bring because that's kind mm-hmm. of coach he's always been is like defense, toughness, physicality, all that stuff. And they just finally don't look afraid. They don't look timid. And mm-hmm. man, that was an impressive, impressive win over Auburn, where they just punched him in the mouth and then kept punching him and kept punching him. And like again, if I was ranking the SEC in terms of talent, pure talent, they're not a top five team. Sure, they're not. 
But here we are, and Texas A&M might be the third best team in the conference. Like, I can't believe we've reached this point. Yeah. I think one of the things that really stood out to me was their their ball movement when it came to Auburn. Because Auburn came out in the second half, kind of look, just kind of, you can tell they they're obviously down 15 at the half. And so obviously they were going to come out more aggressive, but you can tell they made a point to like really turn up the pressure on defense and it didn't phase A&M at all. It like more or less, they were just like continuing to move the ball, finding the open look, getting quick shots. And it, yeah, I I was very impressed. There was one, there was one drive. I think it was in the first half. Tyrese Radford took it and it looked, it almost looked like the Dr. J like yep, up and under yep. where he just like, it was like the left-handed completely on head under the rim. Yes. And just like, I was like, what is happening? Like, I was like, this is, that was an insane play. And that like summarized his night where I'm like, where did he, where did this come from, from him? I jumped out of my couch on that play. I I was just like, all right, man, if Texas A&M is doing this now, they got, like, right. like you said, they got Julius Irving over here and Tyrese Radford. Right. I don't know what to do with my hands. Like, this is just, this isn't the team I was expecting it to be. Right. Um, and yeah, I guess like can, that, that's kind yeah. of what they, that's kind of what they need to where, you know, not necessarily Tyrese Radford dropping 30, but like one of those guys, like him, Coleman or Taylor doing that every once in a while. Right. It was like, yeah, sure. We, we can now see that those guys have a 25 to 30 point game in them. And that's kind of, in my opinion, that's what's been missing a lot is that, you know, those guys are going to play well, but like maybe way Taylor needs to drop a 28 point game, right? We saw Radford, he can drop a 30 point game. Um, Julius Marble is kind of coming into his own. Can he, does he have something in there? Right. And so, yeah, that was, that was something that, um, uh, that was something that stood out to me. was like, man, if they could just get one of those guys on a night, that'd be something. I mean, that was, that was our whole thing was like top end talent wise. Where was the top end talent? And now Tyrese Radford has suddenly, I mean, as a senior, and again, these, this is an old team. Yeah, it's an yeah. old team. That, there's a lot of reasons why we picked AM to be good this year. Them mm-hmm. being an old team was one of those reasons. Like it's senior, junior, senior, junior, 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 senior. Like it is old team. And so Tyrese yeah. after breaking out of his uh shell. Um Way Taylor's obviously a sophomore, so he's the exception. But yeah, that that this is what we expected this team to be. And so it's it's good that they're now not I didn't expect them to be the third best team in the SEC, but oh, hey, right. the rest of the SEC is down. Take, Take advantage, advantage, man. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, um, also, I texted you this. We have a new contender for nickname of the year in Boots Radford. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I forgot that his nickname was Boots. And then they said on the broadcast, I was like, write it down. So I wrote it down. So we have Day Day Hall, Boots Radford. If anybody has any other nicknames out there, let, yes, let so me we'll know. be putting together an all, all name team at the end of the all year. All nickname team. And that's it's pretty, pretty good, uh, pretty good group so far. <laughs> All right, what else we got? Oh, I want to give um, predictions for the SEC Big Twelve Challenge. Yeah, oh, okay, yes, let's do it because this will we'll, this will be fun. We'll be able to look back on this and be like, okay, yeah, you're right, we were wrong. Some really good games this weekend. We're going to focus obviously on the four Texas uh, games. We're not going to worry about like Kansas, Kentucky, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So let's start with the big one: Texas at Tennessee. Mm. Tennessee is a a very very good team. I think Ken, they're second in Ken Palm or no? Yeah, yeah, they are second in Ken Palm, seventeen and three overall. The number one defense. Um, I, I expect this to be a low scoring game. Obviously, uh, even mm. though Texas offense has kind of come around a bit. What do you think? Do you think Texas can beat Tennessee on the road? I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say this is gonna go Tennessee. Um, I think. 
I, I, I do like, I think that um, uh, Rodney Terry's done a great job, right? I think he, he's, they've looked a lot better than I thought they would have after mm-hmm. post Chris Beard. Um, I do wonder though, if this is just one step too far, right? In terms of you're facing another great coach and Rick Barnes, um, you're going to Tennessee. Obviously they, they had a pretty disappointing loss to Kentucky uh, a couple weeks ago or last week, I think. And, but the outside of that, I don't know. I mentioned Kentucky's kind of coming into shape a little bit, and they just look more cohesive and better. Um, I don't know. Tennessee's defense is probably the best in the country right now, too. Uh, they're playing actually pretty, pretty damn good. Yeah. So um, I don't know. Texas is there. They haven't faced. It's weird to say because, you know, we talk about the Big 12 all the time. They haven't faced a defense like this yet. You know, the Big 12, they haven't had that because Tech's been off. Uh, Baylor's been off defensively. They haven't had that really stingy defense to play against. And I think that Tennessee is going to give them issues. That's a good point. I I think um, Tennessee is just so experienced. It's tough. I think it's going to be a really good game, but I'll, I'm going to take Tennessee at home um, to win this. Uh, I think Ken Palm has it a four or five point game, which sounds about right in Tennessee's favor. Yeah. Um, what is the other game we have here? TCU at Mississippi State. Now, Mississippi State, for those who don't know, is just a quick background on them. They, <laughs> they're they 10th in defense, 168th mm-hmm. in offense. And yeah. if you've watched them play, it makes complete sense. They are a really, really bad shooting team. They play yeah. through a guy, uh, a post, Tolu Smith. You know, they don't have much offensively. They pushed Alabama. I watched that game um, in Alabama. That was a good, good performance from them. So they are capable. But I think TCU – now, the thing is, it is in Starkville which adds mm-hmm. a, a little bit of intrigue to it. But I think I expect TCU to get it done. I'd be disappointed if they don't. Yeah, I think I would too. Um, granted, Mississippi State, you know, they played Arizona really close, uh, beat Maryland this year. Of course, they lost. They played a close game against Kentucky. Um, but actually, wait, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm looking at Tennessee. Sorry, I'm still looking at Tennessee schedule. Yeah, I haven't brought they beat, State. beat Marquette, beat Utah. Yeah, Marquette, there you go. Um, they're they're lost. solid. I mean, Chris Jans is in his first year, right, from yeah. New Mexico State, and mm-hmm. they actually New Mexico State looks like they're they're in trouble. But um, yeah. he's done a solid job, and it's not going to be a quick turnaround. But I would be comfortable with TCU. I feel like this is kind of game that TCU can win in terms of like Mississippi State's going to want to hold their scoring down, you know, and they're going to want to get into kind of a more grimy affair. Um, I haven't heard much on Eddie Lampkin yet um, in terms of uh, availability, but yeah. even with him. Uh, let's see. He didn't play against Oklahoma, of course, mm-hmm. and so there's been no updates since then. Um, but even without Eddie Lampkin, I still like TCU just because I think that this is a game. This is a style of game that they're comfortable playing, and so if they if Mississippi State tries to grind out a win, I think TCU can manage. Yeah, I agree. Um, Baylor at home against Arkansas. This this is one's a, interesting. <laughs> this, one, this one's really interesting because it feels like a game that. Like on paper, it's kind of flipped. Arkansas, mm. I expect to be the more like offensive type team. Baylor, I expect to be the defensive team. But with Arkansas's injuries to Anthony Black and yeah. um, uh, I'm sorry, not Anthony Black, Nick Smith and Trevon Brazil, they've had to be a little bit more defensive. They're long, um, so it's kind of flipped in what you would expect from these two teams, at least from the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, the good thing is it is in Waco. It yeah. is in Waco. Um, mm-hmm. I, and I will say this. I was going to ask you separately, but like 
to to ask like which team needs to win. I feel like Baylor kind of needs this win. Yeah, I feel like definitely because like, I mean, regardless regardless of Arkansas's offseason hype and you know getting the top recruiting class and, and Anthony Black late and those guys, there's st- I th- still think there's some leeway with how young they are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even though again they don't have the Kentucky expectations where if you bring in the top class you better compete for a national title. Um, I still I, so so with that being said, I think Baylor does need this win a little bit more. Um, they're on a good streak right now, right? They've won five in a row after a rough start to conference play. And I think if they derail that streak with a lost Arkansas, because then they got Texas right yeah, right after that, you could open up potentially a losing streak. Um, of course, we talked about Tech not being great, but uh, if they go into Tech on a two-game losing streak, who knows, right? Um, so I would lean more toward Baylor, this being more necessary for Baylor, like you mentioned with the injuries too, to Arkansas that – I, I don't know. I feel like Arkansas will be concerned just getting out healthy. Yeah, I Baylor ne- Baylor kind of needs to win that game. They won five straight, beat Kansas. I don't know. It'd be a pretty deflating loss to Arkansas at home. Yeah, I feel like so. I'm gonna take Baylor. Last game, the real, the best game of the slate, really ish. I think you got to watch this. Everybody has to watch this game. Is Texas Tech at LSU? In my opinion, an an absolute barn burner. Uh, Texas Tech 0 and 7 in the Big 12. LSU 1 and 7 in the SEC. Who you got? Who you got? I'm curious about this one. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say I was at the LSU press conference yesterday. Yeah, and I wasn't inspired. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't inspired by uh by talking to head coach Matt McMahon. Love the guy, uh-huh. but uh. I don't think it was very much like, hey, we got this. We This is a win. We needed this one. Yeah. Uh, like, I really don't want to play Texas Tech because even though they have lost a lot of games, they are a pain to play against. And uh, LSU's offense is abysmal right now. Mm. I think this is going to be a really ugly game. LSU scored 40 points in its last game. Uh, they're down to 123. <laughs> Palm LSU is. Oh, my like, goodness. Look at their shooting percentages. They're shooting. Yeah, they're, it's bad. Dead last in the SEC in turnovers, effective field goal percentage, two point percentage. Oh, this is really bad. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. I've had to watch it. I've watched every single game, unfortunately. <laughs> I, I, I was like, can I take a pay cut to not watch these guys? But, anyways, <laughs> they play Texas Tech. And uh, even though Texas Tech is working things out themselves offensively, yeah. um, give me Tech in a low scoring game. I just. Can't imagine. Here, here's what I'm. Here's what I'm really afraid of for LSU, and the reason why I also take Tech. They cannot keep teams off the glass, and oh, yeah. the one thing Tech is doing pretty decently this year is offensive rebounding. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I would. And now they get. Now they have. You know, Fardaz back and healthy. And again, he's not lighting the world on fire, but he's definitely a better body than they've had. So, I think this. Honestly, this could be a Fardaz breakout game. Like this could be the game that he that he like that they've been wanting from yeah. him, because um, I don't know, and you would know better. I don't know who would guard him. <laughs> it's uh yeah, the, the only good player LSU has is KJ Williams. Uh, yeah, Murray State. Everybody else is is not. And also, not for nothing, if you're Texas Tech and you look at the schedule and you just have played, I'm, I'm gonna name it: T- TCU, Kansas, Oklahoma, Iowa State, Texas, Baylor, Kansas State, West Virginia as your last eight games. Yeah. And now you get to play at LSU before going back and playing Iowa State and Baylor. Texas Tech needs to do everything in their power to win this game. Yes. Everything. 
every yes. single thing. So there, there's nothing positive to look forward to at the end of the tunnel. This is the only game that matters. You got to win this game. So give me Texas Tech. Yep. I go. think so too. I think they snapped the what month long losing streak. What are we on now? They're another 0 and 8. I don't know how long the losing yeah. streak goes back. And I will be there. I will be there to watch this great game in person. I just want to know what the, the over under is at points. Yeah. So I can just take the under. This is their, this is Tech's last shot at, uh, at not going through a month long skid. Actually, no, sorry. They got one more Monday, January 30th against Iowa State. So they got two more chances to make sure that they can win a game in the month of January. <laughs> Their last one is literally. If they don't get it done, or December twenty eighth, sorry. If they don't get it done, we have we have problems. If LSU beats them, we have we have problems. All right, let's jump to the women's side. Um, no no big games individually to talk about really. Um, so I want to do a little bit of a game, um, where we rank, uh, a couple categories here that I have made up, and uh, the first one we'll start positive. We'll do most likely to win the conference out of these four teams. Okay. Okay. Mm, A&M Corpus Christi is seven and one. SFA is seven and one. Texas State is six and three, and Texas is six and two. Mm. Um, obviously, Man. you have to take into account who is in their league. You know how they're sure. fair and all that stuff. So, um, if we start with A&M Corpus Christi, seven and one. The next closest are Southeastern and A&M Commerce at six and two. Um, I think they have a pretty good shot at winning it. Uh, Texas State is six and three, but has a trio of seven and two teams in front of them: Troy, Southern mm-hmm. Miss, James Madison. So they're past a little bit more challenging. Uh, we've talked about Texas before in the Big Twelve. Um, they are six and two right there with Oklahoma and Iowa State, who are also right there. Um, and then was the fourth team I had here? Uh, SFA. Let me pull up SFAs in the whack um sfa is seven and one southern utah is seven and oh um and cal baptist is six and two so that's that's it um for the whack mm, th- so you said it was corpus christi sfa texas state texas yes okay i'm gonna go i think oh. texas oh man this is hard Corpus this is really hard christi, i think is one you think so? I, I, I think so. Right? I, mean, I, I think I think it's either them or SFA. If I had to choose. In my opinion. Well, I was looking at SFA's schedule. Mm-hmm. Southern Utah, they have not played Southern Utah yet. Right. They play Southern Utah on the schedule here. Yeah, they play they don't play Southern Utah until February 18th. So there's some time. Mm-hmm. They only play them once. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. They could have a couple losses. I don't know anything about Southern Utah. That's the problem. We, we do a Texas podcast, not a Utah podcast. All right. Um, but A&M Corpus Christi, the thing is A&M Commerce is really, really solid. Sure. Southeastern. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, you might be right. I, th- I'll go I think I lean. One. Yeah, I was about to say, I lean SFA. Uh, their only loss was close to Grand Canyon. Yeah. They, You know, they're – Kind of the pedigree speaks for itself. I think who was who was Corpus's only loss? Uh, Southeastern. I mean, yeah. Oh, tiebreakers. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They have lost. So, SFA oh, one. This is tough. Corpus Christi two. You don't think Texas has has a great shot? You think Iowa State probably gets it done at the end? I don't trust Oklahoma over there. I don't know. I, I don't like trust Oklahoma. Oklahoma's taking some bad losses. They, yeah, they're both their losses are bad. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh... so do you trust Texas over Iowa State or SFA, or I'm sorry, or AM Corpus Christi over Commerce and Southeastern? I think I go, you know what? I'm thinking I'm going to go Texas. Okay. Oh, I think okay. I'm going to go Texas too. Okay. Yeah. And then so one SFA, two yeah. Texas. And I just kind of threw any Texas State in here. I know it'd be no, I no, they've they've been they played really well. I do want to talk about them. I think that was the bigger point is I wanted to give them a shout out because they're not in the conferences that we talk about as much. Right. Um, no, they've played really well this year. They're six and three in conference. They have looked like the team that I think we thought we'd get last year. Um, yeah. and it helps when they're all very experienced and what are they tied for third second? with uh louisiana and so we got well, three teams three tied team, for first yeah right yeah first yeah three teams tied for first two teams tied for second so um but regardless they've looked really good um and i think they the, the most promising thing is like a lot of this season's been without denasia hood mm-hmm. um and so they the fact that they've still looked really well lo- looked really good in that is is a plus um but yeah the Sun Belt still is pretty pretty competitive and so i think if you're looking at all the conferences, I think they have the most variance. Like Texas State could finish fifth, right? Yeah. Um, but they could also win. So that's why I would probably put them as as last in terms of most likely. Um, the defense has been there. They're second in the conference in field goal percentage defense. Um, they could be rebounding better. But again, that, I think that's more to do with Hood being in and out of the lineup. But um, still, they're playing really good. So, yeah, we probably should talk about them more soon. Um, yeah. Because they do look like they've taken a step forward. Yeah. And a friend of the podcast. And of course, friend of the podcast. Um, also, shout out to Prairie View AM, a five and three on the women's side. Um, mm. uh, now there's they're technically fifth in the conference still, but I give them a shout out there. Yeah. Um, see how they do. And that's that's it. So we got SFA one, Texas two, AM Corpus Christi three, and Texas State four as uh, most likely to win the conference. Now let's get to the uh, the negatives. Okay. <laughs> rank rank these four in terms of most oh. disappointing this year. Okay. Oof. We have good old Rice, right? Who was nine and zero, now four mm-hmm. and five in conference, uh, barely beating with Texas. We have UT yeah. Arlington, three and six in conference play. Mm-hmm. We have Texas A and M at one and seven, and we have North Texas at four and six. Most disappointing. So we have to take into account preseason expectations a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think UTA is one for me. I think UTSA is definitely one. UTSA or UTA? Yeah, UTA. UTA. UTA I was about to say, I was like, oh, what, what are we slandering our road runners? No. <laughs> like, UTSA right now, I think, is what, what's their record? They're like two and eight or something in conference. We're still, we still, still the best two win team. We in the still country. will not, yeah, we will not slander them. I'll not, not slander that team. Um, by the way, quick plug for Justin Justin Carter's article. He just did a piece over Jordan Jenkins, who's still putting up numbers. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, uh, definitely go check that out. Uh, yeah, UTA is one for me just because, I mean, there was no reason to not expect this team to come into the whack and be a contender. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Like, you would think. Like, they had everything. They had the star player. They had the depth. They added pieces. And it just has not been that at all they don't look like the team that we thought in any way um which is weird because like i think star jacobs is more or less played more or less the same she um, played 37 minutes in their last game against cal baptist went four right. of 12 from the field uh 15 points you still have her scoring um, her numbers are down but like percentage wise she's around the same so i don't know if they're just like sharing the ball a little bit more and she's not getting as many looks but 
her numbers are still the same, still shooting a, a decent percentage, right? It's it's not her like falling off or like regressing that's been a problem. They just one, I think they're not defending well at all, um, which is definitely a turnaround from last year. They were a pretty solid defensive team last year, um, and yeah, I, I don't know. That's def by to me, that's by far the number one. I'm mean, yeah, uh, about to shot fifty three percent from the field on them. Yeah, that's bad. Um, yeah, I would go them one. Um, I'm leaning Rice two. Sorry, I was looking at UTA the last time they allowed no, less than yeah. 70 points. Oh, my God. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> let's just say it's been one, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight games of allowing 70 straight. Oh, no. They allowed 65 to UTRGV. So, seven straight okay. games of 65 or more points. Um, oh, my God. Um, yeah. Anyways. Ugh. Yeah, UTA is definitely one in that. I can't – which is a shame because they were our favorite team last year. Absolutely sure. loved that team last year. So, uh, two – is rice yeah man four and five i thought they were gonna do it i just thought they were gonna be i thought they were gonna be better they just lost last night to charlotte 61 66 and the crazy part in that is that they only scored 61 points you know we we this whole season this whole time we were like hey they got like eight players that can score double digits at any time and that's what we saw in the non-conference where they were just beating people over and over and now they're they're actually de- they're doing a decent job of scoring the ball, but it's not consistent enough. You lose to Charlotte on the road. Um, I don't know. It's just not. Caitlin Crossway goes like zero for five. Ashley Austin goes four of thirteen. Malia Fisher three of twelve. It's just it's just too inconsistent for me. Very disappointing. Yeah. yeah no. I, I think I think that's about right. I would, I'm okay putting them second. Now. A&M or North Texas. Now, the hard part is is that we had – now, North Texas, obviously, four and six is better than one and seven. But I think we had a little higher expectations for North Texas than we did for Texas A&M mm-hmm. coming into the year. So who has underachieved more, North Texas or A&M? I think A&M's last for me on this. Okay, so you're just completely absolving what we're watching. I'm not absolving, but, like – I didn't expect them to be good. Janiah Barker's expected... injury. If they were one and seven with Janiah Barker, I would have more concerns. I agree. Sure. I, I think I expected UNT to take a step forward, right? Yeah. Um, and they haven't. They've kind of, at the very least, they've just stayed the same. Um, at the very least. Uh, they're better than I think we thought maybe at the beginning of the year, right? They looked kind of really bad at the beginning of the year. They've turned it around a little bit, but they're mm-hmm. still nowhere near a team that we thought would be at least trying to compete for the conference. Um, so I, w- I think for me, I knew this would be a rough season for AM. This has been worse. Don't get me wrong. But compared to where I thought Tex- uh, North Texas could be, I think this, I think they're, they're, uh, they're definitely worse. And I, I put them third. I had North Texas going 12 and eight. You had them going 11 and nine in conference. Yeah. Right now. yeah. Um, which maybe, I mean, in theory, in theory, like you said, they've they've picked up a couple wins here and there to where you're like, okay, maybe they can turn it around. Like, I was about to say they're four and six, so like they're hovering around five hundred. I think what I, which say I had them at again? Uh, we had them at, I had them at twelve and eight. You had them at eleven and nine. So like just better than five hundred, right? So like I'm not saying they'll finish. We're definitely gonna be wrong on that prediction, but yeah. um, if they finish around five hundred, two games under, or just one game under, or just at five hundred, 
that's that's within the realm of what we thought, but still, they've definitely still looked a lot worse. Well, the good thing is they beat um, – they split with the Florida schools, so they went one-on-one with both the Florida schools. Uh, they beat UTSA, who you kind of have to beat if you're going to you know, do anything, even though it was a very close game. I think UTSA had chances to, to tie or win. Uh, their upcoming schedule is UTEP, Rice, and UAB, and – those are all three going to be losses unless if something changes. And then you're back to where we were, we were talking about them. And now they're if they lose those three, what, they're four and nine in conference yeah. at that point? So mm-hmm. then it's really bad. Um, yeah. Yeah, te- yeah. North Texas. Okay, yeah. North Texas three. <laughs> um, we don't talk about A&M very much, but yeah, I just wanted right. to. I honestly – and it's crazy because – like there's a lot of teams like we talked about it in the last podcast is that North, there's not a women's basketball team ranked in the top 25 so you would think mm-hmm. there's a lot of disappointing teams honestly there's not a ton of disappointing teams it's just kind of like everybody's in the middle it's kind of like figuring out where they need to be in yeah. a sense like i don't know like Avalon christian i think could be in this conversation like they haven't been as good as i think we wanted them to be um but sam houston's been solid uh, Houston's been obviously we've talked about them solid. SMU has been solid. Um, you know our expectations for SMU went up a little bit in the non-conference, and then it's kind of been all right. They're around 500 in conference, mm-hmm. but yeah, you just go through that. It's like I don't have real problem with anybody else in yeah. the conference. Like TCU's 0 and 8, and they haven't even been competitive. So if you wanted to throw them on this list, you could. But like if you told me before the year they were going to be 0 and 8, I would have been like okay. Right. <laughs> like, what's what's new? Like, we probably had them at two wins. Let's see. What do we have them at? I was about to say, we did not expect anything. Three and four <laughs> wins in conference. So, they yeah. might not even reach that number. So, technically, yeah. they are disappointing. <laughs> but, yeah, like, everybody else is kind of just in the in the middle. Texas Tech, cool. You're doing all right. Yep. Um, And everybody from there, uh, yeah, I mean, Incarnate Word, I was looking at them. They're, they've struggled. They're, we had them at four and five wins. So, hmm. Interesting exercise. Uh, anything else you saw while you were perusing the stations last night? No, no. It was. It was. I wanted to see. I saw uh, Corpus Christi again. I wanted to get a good look at them. And they, man, I don't know. Steve Lutz is not going to be there long. Like they, and I mean that in a good way. He's going to yeah. get plucked away. Um, they look so solid. I mean, Nickel State was also one of the top teams in the in the mm-hmm. Southland. And I believe they're five and two heading into, or four and two heading into that. Or five. I can't remember. No, or is it? Five and two heading into that game, yeah. And, I mean, Travian Tennyson finished with 27. Isaac Mashila finishes with 25. They're just fun. Like, they dropped 96 on them. They finished they, – they win 96-86. And they're just fun. Like, the, last year – I think last year they kind of were a little bit a little bit chaotic, right? They kind of forced a lot of turnovers. They weren't great to watch offensively. Yeah. This year has kind of been the opposite. They've been actually really great to watch offensively. I think they're first in efficiency in the conference – uh, defensively, they've taken a little bit of a step back, but I think they're okay with that when they're playing so well on offense. Uh, they're shooting three well. I think they're shooting 41% in conference o- overall from three, uh, almost 50% from two. I, I don't know. I th- I- I- I'm stunned. I'm not stunned, but like Steve Letts has done such a good job in just two years. They're going to have a legit shot to go back-to-back um, in the Southland, and I feel like he's going to be, Especially his tie with his ties to Danny Casper and then Brad Underwood, I think he's not going to be long for. And then Matt Painter uh, at Purdue, he's not going to be long for for this job. The next UTSA coach. Listen, honestly, honestly, if they're smart. If they're smart, <laughs> if they are smart, 
if they are smart. Oh, that's all we're saying. He is from he is from San Antonio too. I just looked it up. Come on now. Where do you go? Right. I'm curious. Hold on. Now you got me looking this up. Where do you go? Like, because it did say native of San Antonio, Texas. Where do you go? To, yeah. Where do you go to high school? I need to. Masters from Incarnate Word. Mm. Okay. I don't remember to high school though. Mm. Um, but he played. He played at Texas Lutheran. That's where he got his undergrad. Okay. Not far at all. Yeah. So okay. Where, yeah, where do you go? To Bring high him home. Then? Bring him Bring home. Bring him home. Bring him home. I'm hearing this. No, uh, Steve Bentley got an extension for playing North Texas close last night. <laughs> Uh, he went to East Central, by the way. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, there you go. it's got written in the stars, man. It's written in the stars. It's written in the stars. <laughs> got the connections and uh, yeah, it close to Steel and Judson ish. Yeah, in, used to be in the same district. I don't know if they're in the same district anymore. I don't keep up with it. Yeah, anymore. yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. But there you go. All right, that's all we got. Hope y'all enjoyed the episode. Um, we'll be back on Tuesday. Uh, this weekend has, I believe, a lot of games. Like we'll recap the SEC. Big 12 challenge and uh, talk about all that stuff. So, yeah, thank you all for joining us. Leave a like, comment, share, subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. Uh, if you're listening on the audio side, Apple or Spotify, leave, five, leave us a five-star rating and review. Uh, we appreciate you all for joining us, and we will talk to you all later.